My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Boy, those illegal drugs, those heroines, those cocaines, those opiums, they're trouble, and that's for sure. My friend Farmer Red, he found that out, I'll tell you. Some years back, he was at Billy Deer's Tavern off Mississippi 3 when he ran into that notorious motorcycle gang, the Hucklebuck Stringers. And as usual, they were up to no good, down in Everclear and harassing the waitress with ungentlemanly intimations. But Red, he just sat at the bar sipping his brew dog till he and that gang, they both had plenty of the strong stuff on board. That's when one of those motorcycle thugs pinched Carrie Joe, the waitress, who shrieked and swore, bringing Red to his feet. Just checking to see if you're real, laughed the thug, cause I thought you was a dream. Well, Red wasn't having it, especially after he challenged the gang member and the uncouth fella began making sport of Red's overalls. So my friend let the man have it, country style, with a good old-fashioned one-two punch. Well, he laid that gentleman out on the floor, which so impressed the other bikers, they invited him to share in their grain alcohol. Red down to shot, and the Hucklebuck Stringers marveled at how he'd borne the Everclear straight without imploding. If you all can take that, says Riff, the leader of the gang, maybe you're ready for something even better. Then he took out a pile of white powder and poured a smidge of it on the table, handing Red a straw. What's all that, asked Red. Pure Bolivian marching powder, says Riff. What's it do, says my friend, who was, you see, fairly clueless regarding controlled substances. Take a sniff and find out, says the biker. Well, Red was just hammered enough to do so, and to hear him tell it, it was like someone shot a bolt of lightning into a car battery. About 1 a.m., his wife wakes up to the sound of a tractor, looks out the window, and sees her husband taking a disc harrow to the North 40. Then he rammed through his fence and tore up the Little League field, the municipal park, and the yard back of the courthouse. House. Come dawn, a sheriff's deputy found his tractor 15 miles away. It was wedged between two white oaks with red passed out over the steering wheel. And so it was that my friend learned that no good can come from illicit agents. Which brings me to today's review. Oh, please make it stop. I said today's movie review of a picture entitled Four Good Days, a story about the ravages of drug abuse. Based on a true story, in fact mirroring, I'm sure, any number of real events, it follows a 31-year-old heroin addict named Molly as she goes through detoxification for the umpteenth time and struggles to stay clean for another four days after that. Stay clean so she can get a shot of naltrexone, a what you call opioid agonist that'll stop the heroin from giving her that all-important high. Once injected, I guess she'll be discouraged from abusing drugs and can finally start to straighten out her life. Molly and her mother, Deb, rightly see it as perhaps her last chance to kick a 10-year habit after myriad failed attempts. But for an addict, getting through those last four days without drugs will be about as easy as climbing El Capitan freehand. So we watch as Molly struggles and her mother, knowing just how devious a junkie can be, hovers like a drone. Meanwhile, the pair spar over old betrayals, the parent-child bond being a bridge with salvation at one end and destruction at the other. Mila Kunis plays the errant daughter, and let me tell you, the makeup department worked overtime to turn this beauteous actress into a physical wreck, complete with facial lesions, missing teeth, and a dye job that would suggest addicts don't have the best aesthetic sense. And Glenn Close plays Deb, striving to help her daughter and hoping for the best, but still wondering if she's on a fool's errand. 
Now, Miss Kunis gives quite a performance, a bit showy, yes, but not without its subtleties, for she must shift between prevarication and sincerity, and she succeeds at the task by shading her delivery to suit. Moreover, she's not afraid to play an unpleasant character, and believe me, there's a lot to dislike in Molly's sullen attitude and chain-smoking resentment. We root for her and maybe even pity her, but Miss Kunis does not court our affection, and frankly, that is just as it should be. As for Miss Close, well... I'm on a level with you. That's right. Now, I could say she does a fine job, underplaying when appropriate and laying on the fire when necessary. But honestly, isn't she always good? I mean, when the lights come up and the credits roll, have you ever said, that Glenn Close did a terrible job? Never, no. So, yeah, she's fine as usual and keeps you watching. Don't know why she keeps losing at the Oscars. You've gone through this 15 times. Said her agent, and that was just a slight exaggeration. But be that as it may, let me tell you what I thought of the movie itself. Wait, wait, wait. Shut up, Meg. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say it wasn't quite, I wasn't quite certain of the film's purpose. Is it a story of triumph? I want to say not exactly. Is it a cautionary tale? Um, I guess? I don't know. Probably not. All right, then how about this? I've had these, like, realizations. And that is that it's really a throwback to those old TV movies of the week. In fact, this story would not have looked out of place on ABC television back in 1975, except it would have been titled Mommy, I Want to Get Clean and starred Elizabeth Montgomery and Melissa Sue Anderson. I guess, basically, the filmmakers want us to see this as a slice of reality where victory is uncertain, defeat is common, and progress is slow. Of course, the movie drives that home with an analogy to a jigsaw puzzle. You know, in the course of the film, Molly's building a jigsaw puzzle while trying to put her life back together. Get it? Get it? I'm so sorry. Well, it was a mite unsubtle. And if I can make one last point, I felt like the ending was something of a cheat. You think it's my fault? Not necessarily. I'm just saying, well, look. Look at it like this. You know how in the first Bad News Bears they lose the championship, but in the second movie they still get to go to Houston to play an exhibition game? What was that about? First they lose the chance to play the exhibition, and then they're playing the exhibition. Leaves you with questions, and so did the end of this movie. Are you kidding me? No, ma'am. The story took an awful big leap to that last scene, don't you think? No. Well, I thought so, and that's my opinion free of charge. Yes, sir. Next week, I'll be reviewing the film Wrath of Man, starring Jason Statham, Guns, and a Glower. Play me out, Zeke. <laughs>